Good morning, everybody. I want to continue today. I don't know if you remember, we were talking about the first murder. And what bothered me from last week was this very tragic, I consider a tragic story of Shlomit Bativri. So allow me to share with you some thoughts today about this, I consider, horrific story, which we read last week. And in Leviticus chapter 24, it says, Vayetze ben Isha Yisraelis. We just finished talking about Carbonos. This is, we're in Leviticus. We're talking about the perfection of animals for slaughter. And then in the middle of this all comes this horrific story buried at the end of a long litany of rules for Kohanim. This is an intriguing and, 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 and brief tragic story. And it's the story that has to do with the son of one of the few women who are named in the Torah, Shlomit Bat Divri. And what does it say? Vayetze ben Isha Yisraelit, and this man, the son of an Isha Yisraelit, let's get to the, the actual text in the Pshat, what happens? Vahu ben Ishmitzri. Okay, so it's a mixed marriage. It's the son of an Isha Yisraelit. We are not told her name yet. Vahu ben Ishmitzri, betoch ben Israel. So there's a quarrel, there's a brawl, between who? Oh, Ben HaYisraelit, Ve'ish HaYisraeli. It's very bizarre. What are their names? They're, 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 they're two ruffians. They're, they're, they're anonymous people are fighting each other. The only thing we know about it is one is Ben Ish Mitzri, which means after Egypt, patrilineal descent after Mitzrayim, now becomes not Jewish, Ben Ish Mitzri, and Ben Ish Yisraeli. So they're anonymous. The only thing we know in this first Pasuk, he's the son of a Mish Mitzri, means he's not Jewish anymore. And she, the Ben Ish Yisraelis, is Jewish because it's a, it's a matrilineal mother who's Jewish, therefore he's Jewish. That's the only thing we know, and that they're brawling. And the next thing we know is already at the end of the brawl, Vayikov ben Oisha Yisraelis es Hashem. So the, the son of the Israelite woman, Yikov, Vayikov, what is that? Uh, you can say Vayikov, as the Christian translators say, that he blasphemed, or he pronounced the name, or he, Vayikov really comes from Nekev, a hole. He made a hole in the name. Vayikalel, and he cursed God. So they brought him to Moshe. And now when we're brought to Moshe, we're told who his mother is. His mother is Shlomit, but Divri Lamate Dan. Shlomit, we're going to look at that word Shalom, Shlomit, but Divri Lamate Dan. Oh, that Mate Dan. As we know in Nach, they, they, they got a bad rap, the Danites. And they put him in jail to find out what the, the punishment for the first cursor in the Bible. And so God says to Moshe, take him out and kill him. And they took him out and they killed him with stones. That's the story. 
It's so short. It's so enigmatic. Who is the son of the Ish Yisraelis? No name. Ben Ish Mitzri. Who's he? No name. The only name we have is, in fact, the mother of this fellow. He's Jewish. What about his father? So for that, we have to go to the Midrash. Let's go to Rashi. And let's go back to Rashi. <laughs> and Rashi says, Vayetze ben Ish Yisraelis. What this means, Vayetze? Vayetze. Where did we have that before in the Torah? Um, we had it before in Exodus chapter 2. And Moshe was a little boy. And he grew up, and he went out to see his brothers. He's in the Egyptian court. He is the son of an Israelite mother brought up by a Mitzri mother. Wait a minute, we just had the Ish Mitzri in this, part, in this verse. Vayar Ish Mitzri, Make Ish Ivri. Vayifen Kovako, and he looked, Vayar Ki Ainish, he saw that there wasn't an Ish. Vayachis Amitri, and he killed him. So, Vayigdal Moshe, here it says, Vayetse El Achiv, he went out. And, and the next day, he goes out, Vahine Shnei Anashim, Ivrim, Nitzim. This time, he's not seeing a Mitri hitting a Jew, he's seeing two Jews nitzim. Oh, that same word we had just now, brawling. Do you see the parallels in this Pasha with Moshe? The words are pointing us to that original murder, the original murder. Moshe kills and does never gets punished. He runs away, doesn't get punished. He vayaches a mitzri, ish mitzri. And now there are two Jews fighting and brawling. Why are you beating up your friend? And the Rosha says, Who made you the Ish? It should have said, who made you a judge? No, the Ish. Again, we're talking about anonymous people. This isn't about the personalities. It's about the act of murder. Who gave you the power to be a Sar Vishofet? Are you going to kill me the way you killed the Mitzri? And now Moshe realizes he's been outed. Everybody knows about it. He, he thought that it was anonymous. He thought no one would see him killing anybody. And now he knows that the word is out. Everybody knows that he actually is the murderer of that. Egyptian. Look at these words. Halahargeni ato. Are you going to kill? What is that word? Omer. And Chazal says, well, he killed him, not with a stick, but with Omer, with the divine word. He killed him with the shame Hamaforosh. We're going to come back to that. So when we read this pericope that we're doing about Shlomit, we are reminded, let's go back to those words and let's now re- Read them before we dive into the drush, and we see Vayetsu ben Ish Yisraelit, the who ben Ish Mitzri. Aha! The ben Ish Mitzri is that Ish Mitzri back in Exodus 2. 
Betoch Banesha Vayinotsu. That's the same brawl that was occurring back then. Ben Hayisraelis. So let's now look at what the Medrash does with that. Rashi says, of course, quoting the Medrash, let's do it. Mehechon Yotza Vayetze. Remember, we have Moche going out Vayetze. We have Vayetze Ben Isha Yisraelit. And now we're going to tie that in with Shlomit. Vayetze Ben Isha Yisraelit. Mehechon Yotza. Where did he go out? Rabbi Levi Omer. He went out of this world, meaning he went out, quoting Rashi, he went out of this world. Three opinions Rashi's bringing. He went out from the above Parsha, meaning what? He went out of that previous Parsha that talked about the Kohanim and the perfection of the Kohanim. And then the third one, it says, Omar, that, th- that parsha, Bayoma Shabbos Yarchenu. When it comes to the Lechem Aponim, on the Shabbos day, you have to arrange it. So that means on the Friday, you bake it. On the Shabbos, you arrange it. And then the whole week, it stays through a nace and it stays fresh. So we're talking about Friday, Shabbos plus seven. That's nine days. So he, he's complaining. Derech HaMelech Lechol Paschama? Isn't it the practice of the king to eat fresh, warm bread every day? What is this? You're going to give, does a king eat nine-day-old bread? So Rashi is bringing different shatim as to what is this vayetze? He went out of this world, meaning because of his cursing, he's going to leave this world after committing a sin for which he would die. And then Rebrechia brings this, Derech HaMelech, is it appropriate? Is it appropriate for, for the king to have uh, stale bread? And the Medrash then dives in with a very dark story. The third one is Vayetze Benish Yisraeli, Minayin Yotsu. The Medrash adds, Mi Beistin Oshel Moshe. Before he cursed, he went out of court. He had lost a case in the court. What was the case? Remember, he is the son of an Israelite woman and his father was a Mitzri. Okay, so where did he go out? He went out from Moshe's court. Why? Because he was pleading. He went to Machane Dan. His mother came from the Danite. Shlomo bat divrei lamate Dan. So he goes to the court and says, I want to pitch my ten with the Danites. My tent with the Danites. Onrolo. Mativ cholita betoch machanide. What the hell you got doing with us? I come from the Benos Dan. My mother was a Danite. Meaning patrilinear descent. Sorry, Charlie. You got no rights to pitch your tent in our real estate. Your father was a Mitri. Oh. So he appeals to the court, the high court of Moshe, Clarence Thomas. And of course, he loses his case. Ah, that's what happened. He's coming out of the course and he's cursing God. What kind of business is this? I can't be part of Am Yisrael. I'm a reject. That is what we're told. Let's go back to Vashem 
Emo. What, what is the backstory, Shlomit? And here the Medrash goes really dark. This poor woman who sired the son, his mother's name was Shlomit, the daughter of Divri. Why is she called Shlomit? The Omar Rabbi Levi, the Have Pitata, Bishalma, Shalom Lecha, Shalom Lecha. His mother's name was Shlomit, the daughter of Divri, because she's hanging out in front of a house on the street and saying, Shalom Aleichem, Shalom Aleichem. How are you? She was too free with her greetings to men. How are you? How are you? And that brought destruction to her son. How did it bring destruction to her son? So we're taught a number of different uh, things that happened. One medrash says that she became known as she was the only one in Egypt who was welcoming people, Jews, non-Jews. She was on West End Avenue, Karlebach. How are you? Shalom Aleichem, hugging everybody. So because all the other women were so chaste, she was known as the Zona. That was one understanding of what went on. However, Rashi tells us a different backstory. And Rashi says, who is the Ishmitri that Moshe is, is seeing whacking another Ish Ivri? What happened? The Egyptian was lashing him and intimidating. Why? Ubala shall shlomit bat divri. Aha! Now we're getting to the bottom of this shlomit bat divri. I'm going to show you my handwritten family tree of destruction. Here is divri, the mate don, and he has a daughter, shlomit. Shlomit is married to a man, and an ishmitri sees this man and is whacking him. Moshe kills the Ishmitri, the taskmaster, who is trying to kill Shlomit's husband. Why? So Rashi says, She didn't do anything wrong. He saw a beautiful slave girl and he desired her. This Midrash has no culpability for the rape victim. So he, in the middle of the night, he awakened the Hebrew, whose name was Aviram, <laughs> as we'll see, and told him to go to work. And he goes to work in the middle of the night and he goes, no, there's no building pyramid. So he goes home, takes his lunchbox and goes back home. What does he do? He comes and finds the Mitzri having relations with his wife. And now Rashi says something very critical to my thesis today. She thought that the Mitzri was her husband. He raped her, but she thought it was her husband coming home. And the man returns to his house and sense what has occurred. When the Egyptians saw that he had been outed and exposed. He was bashing him all day. And that is who Moshe sees and try and kills him with the shame I'm a first. Now the next day, what happens? Moshe sees two men arguing. Who are the two men? Dosson and Aviram. Aviram is arguing with Dosson now. 
And what are they arguing about? They're arguing about the innocence of the wife. Aviram is claiming his wife is innocent and Dawson says, no, she's been going out and welcoming people. She brought it on herself. The rape victim invited the rape. How many times do I hear that from patients of mine, right? They invited it. They dressed too lewdly. It was the, it was the rape victim's fault. And now they two are arguing. So Dawson and Aviram are now arguing and Moshe says to them, what's going on? And Dawson says to him, oh, now you're going to be the ish. You're going to be the ish. You're going to judge us and kill us like you killed him. And that's when Moshe finds out that he, in fact, has been outed. And now we come to our pericope, the Ben, the son of Shlomit, is the son of Shlomit and the Ish Mitzri, who was the dead Mitzri, the taskmaster. And he's living with this shame. And now he has a brawl with none other. We're told in, in Sifra that Dosson, actually, Aviram, never goes back to Shlomit when, he, when she's been raped. He divorces her and his brother Dawson marries Shlomit. And who is the son that's brawling with the Makalel? The son of Dawson, who marries another woman and has an Ish Yisraelis. So the Ish Yisraelis is actually the son of a partnership between the brother-in-law, whom uh, the brother of the one who divorced Shlomit. Do you see how the backstory gives us this integral understanding of what is going on? And so this word Shlomit, that means peace or wholeness or perfection, the perfection of the previous section of the perfection of the Kohanim, we're told in an ironic way, the Shlomit, this perfection of love and optimism, hoping that her son will bring peace. In fact, the opposite happens. Bas divri, divri means dovor, speech, meaning the power of language to create peace and wholeness, or pitpate, the power of language to seduce. She was a chatterbox, she was a gossip. What, what do we consider her? The rabbis consider her in a negative way. She's a flirt, right? Shame imo bas shlomi bas divri. Because she was pitata, shalom lacha, shalom lacha, shalom aleichem. That's a flirt. Then she, Rashi then says, actually, one step further, that she's not just a gossip or a flirt. The shame imo shlom is pastivri, shivchon shal Israel, she pirsima hakosov lazu, loma shehi levada hoyas zoina. She's a strumpet. She alone went out and said hi to everybody. A flirt, a gossip, a strumpet. The rape victim becomes marked as a perpetrator. And so the quest for justice, this backstory, this family tree that I'm presenting to you, tells us a whole different understanding. That it was a legal dispute. And Vayetze Ben Ish Mitzri, this blaspheming son that we, of course, in the Pshat, considered the Bakalel, the blasphemer, in fact, is just trying to get his rightful place on behalf of his mother's honor. He is the child of a rape victim. And now he is attempting to get justice and honor for his mother. How is it that this a case of Shlomit Bastivri, the effort 
to speak on her behalf goes so tolerably wrong. And our Chazal desire for a credible backstory to explain this cryptic, troubling tale. The Shlomit Bat Divri and the son she bore with an Egyptian taskmaster. We're given no details in the Pshat on how this son came to be born and raised within the tribe of Dan. And it's because of this lack of context that our Midrashic authors supply an account of gossiping and to be a harlot. But given the context of the Israelite enslavement in e Egypt, isn't it possible that Shlomet, like so many African-American slaves who were raped, we're told that close to half of American slaves were raped and impregnated by their masters in America. They might have been abused and used by a slave master or an overseer. And that's how she gave birth to the son of an Egyptian man. And so she's a struggling ex-slave, a single mother, who labored against all odds to raise her son and shield him from the prejudice of the surrounding community. This son, whom the, our text presents as a Ben-ish, a son or a boy, Ben-ish of a man, not even emerging as a man, goes out of his mother's tent, discovers the world around him, is not what is expected. He's a second-class citizen in a society of former second-class citizens. He's not wanted by the tribe of Dan, his brethren. His mother may have attempted to counter and to diffuse his anger when it flared. Her name is Shlomit. She's calming him down. Shalom. But when Ish HaYisraeli, a fully-fledged man of Israel, told her son he didn't belong, and then Moshe rules that the son's status as a perpetual outsider is ordained by God, he succumbs to rage and curses the God who had banished him from his assumed place among the Israelites. Remember, Rashi said he was Magaya. Just like the daughters of Slofchod, he demands justice but she fails in her bid to save him. Now, comparing this to Moshe Rabbeinu, like we did in those first psukim, there are similarities between this Ben-ish Mitzri and Moshe, who grew up as a Mitzri, who was a Ben-ish Ivri. That is, it's not a, the story shouldn't be read as a triumphalistic eradication of the sacrilegious alien cursing God. No, it reminds us of another story of a son with a complex background who committed a capital offense and not only was rehabilitated, but chosen as the leader of his people. Moshe Rabbeinu, born to an Israelite woman and raised as an Egyptian, who like Shlomit Bativri's son, Vayetze, he went out to his brothers and in doing so got into trouble. Mi Samchala Ish, who gave, made you this Ish. These recurring syntactic and semantic words point us to the similarities and the complexities between these two men. And it may be that Moshe recognizes himself in Shlomit's son and therefore takes it to God. He wants to recruit, recluse himself as the judge to determine the fate of this boy because he knows how he himself recognizes this incident of blasphemy. And what is the incident of blasphemy? For that, we have to go to the Zoyar. And I want to read to you the Zoyar. 
in which it says on the word Vayikov ben Ish HaYisraelis, the son of the Israelite woman pierced, the Zoya picks up on Vayikov. That word Vayikov doesn't mean cursed. Vayikalel means cursed. Vayikov means to pierce. And so what did he pierce? He did exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu did. Moshe Rabbeinu killed the man with the shame Hamaforosh. And in defending the honor of his mother, he wished to pierce the very name that Moshe, the son who grew up as a Mitzri and who killed the Ish Mitzri, his father. Moshe killed his father with the shame on the forest. He says, I'm going to denude. I'm going to emasculate. I'm going to make a hole in the shame Hamaforosh. And the Zoya says, he made a hole and separated the Yud K Vav from the K. He separated the K, the Shechina, his mother, Shlomit, who is representative by all the feminines in the world. The feminine divine represented down here by his mother. He separated that from the Yudke Vav. He pierced the divine name so that it could not be operative. And they brawled with one another, and he said something about the other's mother when they brawled, that his father was the one killed by the holy name. And it is written, Are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian Da'omer with the Amira? Are you going to kill me with the shame on the forosh like you killed the Ish Mitzri? And so this son denudes that in this glorious Midrash that using the mythical theurgic aspects of blaspheming that answers the question. The blasphemer did all of this to defend his mother. He sought to defend his mother by associating her with the Shechina, who is symbolized by the last letter of the Yud K Vav K, the He. And I would like to suggest that, that the take-home message from this to, let's say, rehabilitate Shlomit Divri and to understand the backstory of what's taking place, because in the end, of course, the Makalel, the blasphemer, is put to death. But what happens right after the next law that we learn, Minatore Make Ish for Ish. If a person strikes another person, that is the, the result in the Pasha that we're told right after that. A person who curses God shall bear his sin. The no cave shame Hashem, someone who pierces the name of God, Mosun Mos. And then, Ish Kiyake Kol Nefesh Adam Mosun. For the first time, we're told that this whole story of Moshe, extrajudicial killing of the Ish Mitzri, and the Ish Mitzri son coming back and cursing God to defend his mother now results in the mortal laws of killing, of murder. Ish kiyake kol nefesh odom, a man 
mortally strikes another human life, most you must. And I want to end with the Arizal. The Arizal says, who is this Ishmitsri that Moshe killed with the Shema Mephorosh? He is the reincarnation of Cain. The curse of Cain comes down through the Klipot of Mitzrayim and manifests himself in this Ish Mitzri. So the Ben Ish Mitzri is carrying the curse of Cain. And Moshe kills the Ish Mitzri in order to fix the detritus, the Zuama that Cain has stained human beings with. It's an outstanding Arizal that picks up on the Zoyar, picks up on the Midrashim, and tells us this whole family tree goes even further back to Cain and Hevel, the very first murder. So we come full circle in our journey of murder and rape, pillage, which is what we're seeing going on today in the Ukraine. What we see is that murder is part of the human soul. It's the stain of Cain. And as a result, we're told, Make ish mosumos. This murder has to stop. We have to bring it to justice. We have to stop this cycle of murder and rape that's taking place. And I think that the hidden heroine of the story is Shlomit. Bas Ish Ivri. There are three Vateites, remember. Vateite Moshe, Vateite Dina. Dina went out and she received the recompense. She was restored and her brothers fought for her dignity. But our Shlomit had a tragic ending. Her son was killed, the one who wanted to save her honor. The rape victim was looked as a perpetrator. And I think that we, in our Midrashic musings, need to restore her dignity, her sanctity, her shleimut. And it may be that her name, Shlomit, uh, in the end will be like with Rachel. She was Mavakeh Albaneha, like Rachel was Mavakeh Albaneha and that we have restored her to her rightful place uh, in our Midrashic imagination. <laughs> have a wonderful week. God bless.